0: manufacturer of a product knows how best it is supposed to function and that is why every manufacturer includes a manual to teach users how to get the best out of his product god manufactured the first marriage when he brought eve to adam and he created it for your good but when you don't have time to pay attention to his manual or his instructions you may find yourself experiencing preventable hardships in your relationship i'm wonola And here in Courtship and Marriage, we are committed to giving you godly advice from scriptures that is sure to make your relationship as good and successful as God intended it to be. Follow this podcast to stay updated with godly wisdom that will help you build a successful relationship. Today, I'll be talking about how to have a difficult conversation with your partner. Difficult conversations are normal in every relationship, and by the way, this can work for you whether you are dating or you are married. Sometimes it could be the big issues that we have to discuss like finances, parenting, in-laws, sex, you know, those are conversations that could potentially be difficult especially when you and your spouse or your partner have different perspectives to them. It could also be the little things like who is not doing enough to help in the house and if you're a parent you know that this is A major thing because the responsibilities are so much and sometimes it always falls on the shoulders of one person alone, which is typically our gender women, right? So we're typically the ones who have to bring up this Conversations about roles and responsibilities and du- duties. It could also be about, you know, who is not prioritizing emotional connection, who is not initiating emotional connection, who is not initiating dates, who is not initiating romance, who is not initiating affection and all these things. Those are all conversations that could pose some level of difficulty, especially when we've had them before and we're, we're having to talk about them again, or we already know that our spouse or partner has a different perspective to them now while these conversations may actually be difficult to bring up if we don't discuss them resentment and bitterness could build up and that would slowly tear down the love and togetherness in our relationship so we mustn't run from these difficult conversations we must have them that is why today i'll be sharing with you a six-step process to having successful difficult conversations as somebody who has had a couple of them myself i can tell you that at the end of the day it's worth it because when you have those conversations you come from different perspectives you are able to find a common ground meet each other in the middle and it builds your unity it builds your togetherness it builds your oneness it re-energizes your relationship because you feel if we can get through that we can get through Any other thing right so how do you go about having these difficult talks without it resulting to a fight or bringing about more enmity between you and your partner this is a simple template that you can follow the first thing is decision you have to be sure that it is really important to discuss this issue in order to avoid a reoccurrence protect your intimacy prevent resentment and be sure that this issue you want to discuss doesn't fall under the category of overlook and move on, right? There's that category of things that you just, just overlook it and move on is not worth discussing. One rule of thumb to decide whether a discussion is worth having is to ask yourself, would resentment or unforgiveness persist if you don't have this difficult conversation? If the answer is yes, then it is probably worth discussing. So if you know that you're going to find it really difficult to forgive your partner, then you should probably bring up the issue and give them a chance to explain from their own perspective. The second thing you should do after deciding that you're going to have this discussion is to forgive. An important part of your process is letting go and choosing to forgive any hurt before you even have the conversation. Listen, forgiveness is a choice that you make on your own. Yes, an apology makes it easier to forgive, but if you always have to get an apology before you forgive, that means you're saying you're not in control of your own choices. You're not in control of your feelings. You're not in control of your decisions. Because at the end of the day, forgiveness is a choice. It's a decision to let go. And what forgiveness does for you is that it enables you to be able to express your hurt, your painful feelings without seeking to hurt your partner in the process. So yes, Forgiving doesn't mean that it won't hurt anymore. It might still hurt. But when you have chosen to forgive, you'll be able to express that hurt, but you are not seeking vengeance. You are not seeking retribution, right? You're just expressing your hurt without trying to hurt your partner in the process. When you choose to forgive, before engaging in a difficult conversation. You will be able to communicate kindly and respectfully and this will help your conversation to be judgment and accusation free. So I'm not gonna just be talking about what you did. I simply want to express more how I feel about what you did by doing this. You have given your partner an opportunity to open up and engage in this difficult conversation with you. And this sets you both for greater success in reaching concessions and reconciliation. Because the truth is, if you come at your partner with, this is what you did wrong, this is what you did wrong, they're going to be defensive. They're going to just find a way to defend themselves because that's the only way they can balance that equation, right? It's like both of you are are on a seesaw. So if you come with accusations, they have to balance it, find an equilibrium with defense of themselves, really. But if you come after having forgiven, if you come expressing your heart, You have to choose your words carefully in order to avoid opening up with trigger statements like, oh, you always do this or you never do that. Those two phrases, wipe them completely out of your vocabulary if you want to have a successful marriage because whenever you overgeneralize like that, your partner would have an opportunity and even a a solid basis to, to rebut that statement by, oh, that's not true. I never always do this, right? (laughs) So funny. Beginning with I statements, like I said earlier, followed by a description of your feelings enables you to communicate how you were affected by something or what you think of something without necessarily pointing an accusing finger at your partner, right? This gives your partner an opportunity to empathize and hopefully to motivate their willingness to want to make things better you know so when I say oh I felt sad when you didn't do certain things or I feel neglected because we haven't been spending so much time together this is different from saying you don't always try to spend time with me you see that so when I say you don't always try to spend time with me then my husband will have to defend himself by saying no but I've been working or I've been busy. We try to like find an excuse. But when I say I feel neglected because we haven't been spending time together, because I haven't seen you initiate the date in a while, it makes me feel neglected. Then it's easier for him to first try to address my feelings by saying, oh, I'm sorry. I don't want you to feel neglected, you know, and he, it becomes an easier conversation to have really. So, Always stop to think about the effect you want your words to have before you say them. First, reflect. What do I want to achieve before you decide on the words to use? Because when you realize that what I want to achieve is reconciliation, You'll be very careful about the kind of words that you use. But if you don't think about it, you'll just be blotting out words that would no longer serve the purpose that you intended, right? So your choice of words is the third phase in having a difficult conversation with your partner. The fourth thing is to seek clarity. It is important that you know that your perspective isn't the only one that exists. So please be genuinely interested and ask questions that will give your partner an opportunity to express themselves. So like the example that I gave earlier, when I say I feel neglected that we haven't been spending so much time together, I could also add that is it because of your new work schedule? Is it that you're no longer interested in some of the activities that I want to do? Do you have different things in mind so by that I'm already given possible explanations you know for my husband's neglect in quotes and this is just an example I'm not trying to say my husband neglects me right so by giving those possible explanations it gives him a ground not to even try to defend himself because I'm already providing those cogent reasons for him and it makes it easier for him to come out of his own shell and say, oh, it's not that, it's this instead, right? So be genuinely interested and ask questions that will give your partner an opportunity to express their own perspective about the situation. Be open and willing to understand things from a different point of view whether or not it sounds logical to you. The truth is men and women think differently. So definitely what your spouse may say may may not really sound logical or may not really make sense to you because you value different things, let me put it that way. But still be willing and open to understand because it is more important that both of you are willing to have this difficult conversation than who is actually right or wrong. So prioritize your relationship and the willingness of your partner to communicate over who is right or wrong. The fifth thing is to prefer solutions or make requests. Now, at this point, after you have had that back and forth about the issue, how you feel about it, your spouse has had an opportunity to give their own perspective. Now you have to be very clear about your expectations going forward. So like that example that I gave earlier, I would simply say, I would like it if we carve out Sunday nights for just the two of us to play games. I don't want to watch TV because it drains me. I want to engage in intimate conversations with you. So should we say... 7.30, after i put the kids to bed, we're going to sit down, we're going to play a game, we're going to talk. Now, I'm being very clear and specific about what I want, the changes that I want to see. So what changes do you want to see? What does your partner need to do now or start doing to make things better? And what are you willing to do differently also? It takes two to tango, right? What are you going to do differently to make the situation better? Ensure that you reach and agree on these decisions together so that you can both be committed to taking action on them. If you are just the one calling the show, saying, I want this, I expect this, I expect that. A spouse or partner that doesn't like to hug you. Just say, fine, okay, okay, okay. But in their mind, they're not going along with it and nothing is going to change. So ensure that you reach these decisions together. Ensure that your your spouse has an input into what the changes are going to be so that they can also be motivated to follow through. Now, the last thing to do is to reconnect, right? After decisions have been reached, Always find a way to reconnect. It is important to always end the difficult conversation feeling better than before you started it. It is so important because if you just leave it at that, then the mood is sad, the atmosphere is down, the, everything is just not where it's supposed to be. So find a way to reconnect a hug, a kiss love making, movies, stroll, anything to lighten the mood and show your spouse that no matter what, you will always be there. I remember a conversation I had with my husband one night. I can't really remember what the difficult what the topic of that conversation was, but I know that he was a really difficult one and we were both not agreeing, you know, on each other's perspective to it. And at some point I just bowed my head down. I was just rubbing my forehead because I was mentally and emotionally stressed. And he just said, "I have to I have to just leave for a few minutes." So he went to the living room to sit down and when he left, I just cleared the bed. I'm like I'm going to just lay down and sleep because I didn't like that he left. Even though it was stressful for me, I still wanted us to reach a consensus that night before we sleep I didn't want to go to bed you know but at that point I just laid down on the bed and then I remember when he noticed that the lights went off in the room he quickly came back and he said I know that this conversation didn't go the way we wanted it to but I still love you I'm still committed to this relationship and I just want you to know that and Saying that simple statement was a warm blanket around me that night. Even though we haven't resolved this, my husband is still all in in our relationship. And yes, obviously, I know he's all in because we took vows, right? And we are both committed to our vows. But it was just refreshing to hear that again. So these simple things are ways that you can reconnect after having a difficult conversation so that the next time, the next day is easier to ease into it and because you've taken some time apart you'll have more clarity to deal with the issue so anything that you can do to lighten the mood and show your spouse that no matter what i'll still be there for you this will increase your willingness to have other difficult conversations in the future because this is marriage, right? (laughs) There will always be differences of opinions, of thoughts, of feelings, and all these are breeding ground for difficult conversations that need to be had. So I hope that these six steps will really help you to navigate any difficult conversation that you are about to have with your partner. First is you have to make a decision on whether or not it is even worth having. Second is you have to forgive in advance of the conversation. Third is think carefully about your choice of words. Ask yourself what do I want to achieve by this conversation and let that determine the choice of words, the tone of voice and everything. The fourth is seek clarity. Seek your spouse's or your partner's perspective to the issue. Realize that you are just different. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are right and he's wrong. The fifth is prefer solutions or make requests. Be clear about what you want and let your partner also be clear about what he or she wants. And the sixth thing to do is reconnect. After these expectations have been clarified lighten the mood, give each other a hug, hold each other's hand, kiss, whatever it is you can do to reconnect, have fun together, go somewhere fun and ensure that you keep that romance alive in your relationship. If you have any questions about this or any experiences or thoughts that you would like to share, please leave me a comment. I would definitely love hear from you and of course head over to the polls and make your voice heard answer the question and you know let's have fun together and make this podcast our our thing right (laughs) have a wonderful wonderful day god bless you thank you for listening i'm grateful for the privilege to be a blessing to you what will you remember from today's episode Take a minute to record it as a voice message or type it in the comments. Doing this helps you to be conscious of the changes you're going to make in your relationship and encourages others to listen and transform their relationships as well. So it's a win-win. Don't hold back. Let's do this together. Leave a comment now. God bless you.